Hey guys, this is Eric. I'm one of the ministers here at the Robertsdale Church of Christ. I just want to say thank you for checking out this message, and I'd like to invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030 if you're ever in the Robertsdale area. If you want to find out more information about the Robertsdale Church, head over to our website at robertsdalechurch.com. All right, let's get to the message. I'm praying that God will use this message to bless you and will help you grow closer to Jesus Christ. Well, good morning and happy new year. How many people made it to midnight last night? How many people made it to 8.30 last night? Ah, there's my peeps. Yeah, all right. Uh, I stayed up late um, for what turned into a negative reason. Uh, I was all set this morning to, to really call out Brian Wright in front of everybody for his Facebook post about what Georgia was going to do to Ohio State. And I'm all, oh, man, I got Brian. And then we lost. It was just a kick, man. Come on. And then, you know, finally going to bed late, and then I couldn't go to sleep because I was reliving the kick over and over and over. So one of those nights, right? So anyway, I can't call out Brian, so, you know, I apologize for my motives there anyway. But... Uh, but it's good to see everybody this morning, and I hope you're doing well. Story goes, there was a young boy and his family came down to Gulf Shores for a family reunion. They're all just hanging out on the beach. And he's standing there, and he goes up to, you know, uh, to one of the older ladies in the group, and he goes, you read your Bible? And she said, yeah, I read my Bible. And then he said, do you pray? And the lady looks back, and she goes, yeah, I pray. He said, good, will you hold my dollar while I go swimming? Now think about that for a second. What was he really asking her? Can I trust you? Can I trust you? That's what the world wants to know about us. Can they trust us? Because if they can trust us, odds are they'll trust God as well. I think about the Apostle Paul. He had been accused of many things. He had been accused of being dishonest by his critics and after those accusations fly, he writes to us in the book of 2 Corinthians. He said, as surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises, the part I want you to listen to, for all the promises of God Find their yes in him. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And how important is that for us to realize? We've got a new year before us. We don't know what it brings. Who's going to trust us? Who are we going to trust? A lot of questions to be answered. But there's some things that I really thought about when Eric asked me to speak today is what I want personally to remember in this upcoming year. And the first one simply has to be that God is faithful. In Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he would lie, nor a son of man that he would change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Well, we know the answer to that about God's faithfulness. Has he not said, and will he not do it? Has he spoken, will he not fulfill it? And we know the answer to that. And then on top of that, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, I guess I should have warned you that I'm going to throw a lot of verses at you today. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. 
For he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. And God is going to do what he promises to do. And because he does that, you and I have hope in a world that sometimes does not keep its promises. And in a world that sometimes in so many different ways appears to be hopeless. God has given you and I hope. When God makes a promise, you can count on it. Anybody here know exactly what's going to happen, what 2023 holds for them? Anybody here can give me an example of what's going to happen every month or every week or every day or even on an hourly basis? Can anybody do that? No, why? Because Scripture assures us that we don't really know what tomorrow is going to bring. Fair statement? Yeah. So even though we don't, have the assurance of the knowledge of each and every day. We don't have the promise of tomorrow. We have the promise of God's faithfulness. Well, what difference does that make? It means I can face tomorrow no matter what it holds, right? Think about the promises that Scripture holds for us. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Well, Paul, what do you mean? Then I am weak, then I am strong? Through Christ. The promises of God made coming to fulfillment in Christ. The grace of God is sufficient to take him through any hardship. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 31, don't worry. Don't worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 makes this wonderful, wonderful declaration when it says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, what would you say, God? Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. One of our early church fathers wrote it this way, and I just think this is a remarkable statement. He wrote, I have read Plato. I have read Cicero. Sayings that are very wise, sayings that are very beautiful. But I never read in either of them, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. I am humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. The Bible is a book of promises. If I were to ask you to give me a more, uh, uh, a, a, uh, uh, all right, Jeff, get the words to come out. Still can't think of the word I want to use. If I were to ask you to give me what your estimate might be of how many verses contain promises in the New Testament, what do you think the number would be? Anybody have an idea? Well, I'm going to give it to you, 750. 
750 promises found in the New Testament. Now, I don't know about how your thoughts about that, but to me, that's a bunch. Would you agree? In fact, when I looked up how many verses there are in the New Testament, there are 7,957 verses in the New Testament. So there are 750 promises stated in the New Testament. There are 7,957 verses in the New Testament. That means that about one-tenth of the New Testament is promises, dedicated to promises. So I think it's safe to say that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of promises. Amen? Now, you might stop me here and say, well, you know, Jeff, actually, there's only about 250 promises, and the rest of those 750 verses is God repeating himself. I think it was kind of cool this morning, and Andy in his class says, why do you think God repeats himself? Maybe not in those words, but that was the thought. Why do you think God repeats himself? Well, he repeats himself for the same reason that parents repeat themselves. Okay, why do parents repeat themselves to kids over and over and over again? Repetition is a very valuable tool. Repetition tells us that something is very, very important. In other words, those 250 promises were so important that God wanted to embed them in our hearts. He wanted to cement them in our minds. So he repeated them over and over and over. Now, I could preach the rest of the day on those 250 promises, but, you know, we want to have lunch, right? You got to go home sometime. So let's think for just a moment this morning about why God gave those promises, about why God repeats, us, him, it, repeats those same promises over and over. Anybody here know what, uh, a few of you will. Brian, what's it mean when I say I got your six? Got your back. Got your back. God repeats these promises over and over because he wants you to be assured that no matter what this year of 2023 or no matter what any year holds for you, he's got your back. He's not going to let you go through it by yourself. Whether the times are sometimes low or whether you're on top of that mountain, he is there with you. And he's not going to leave you. And he's not going to forsake you. And I don't know about you, but that's something that I need to remember. God stands in front of us and he says, I want to be there for you. Now, do you believe that this is starkly contrasted from the way the world sometimes thinks? A famous humanist once wrote, man can count on no one but himself. He is alone, abandoned on earth in the midst of his infinite responsibilities, without help, without no one other than the one he forges for himself on this earth. Jean Sartre wrote that. Well, God says no, no. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to live your lives without my help. But you do get to choose your destiny. In fact, God says if you let me into your life, you'll get a destiny that you'll want as opposed to one that you will regret. 
I put this little poem I found in, 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 the, uh, in the bulletin in the sermon outline today because I'd never heard it before. And I thought, man, what a remarkable thought for us to carry into this year with us. And it goes like this. It says, before you, underline that word you there, before you were thought of or time had begun, God stuck you in the name of his son. And each time you pray, you'll see it's true. You can't spell out Jesus and not include you. You're a pretty big part of his wonderful name. For you, he was born. That's why he came. And his great love for you is the reason he died. It even takes you to spell crucified. Isn't it thrilling and splendidly grand? He rose from the dead with you and his plan. The stone split away, the gold trumpet blew, and the word resurrection is spelled with a U. When Jesus left earth at his upward ascension, he felt there was one thing he just had to mention. Go into the world and tell them it's true that I love them all just like I love you. You're not alone. You're not abandoned. God is there with you. You are not without help. You sitting here today and wherever you are in your life, you are the reason that Jesus came to this earth. You're the reason that Jesus came. You're the reason that Jesus bled. And you're the reason that Jesus died and rose again. And that, my friends, is what those promises are all about. But you know, there's a thing about promises. Sometimes they don't happen right now. A promise is usually made about something that is in the distance. For example, I say, Callie, Liam, get your shoes. We're going to go get ice cream. Is that a promise? That's more a declaration of what we're going to do, right? But if I say, Callie, Liam, Friday after I get off work, you be ready because I'm going to come and get you, and then we're going to go get ice cream. That's a promise, right? So what's going to happen Friday? I better be there. That's what's going to happen Friday, or I'm going to hear for the rest of my life about how they did not get their ice cream. Doesn't matter what else happens Friday, you better be there. I think some of the most powerful words ever written is in an old hymn called Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, you have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Did you realize that that hymn was based on Scripture? That hymn was based on Scripture. The prophet Jeremiah was lamenting the destruction of Samaria. Israel has been beaten down, carried off into captivity. And Jeremiah essentially writes, I know what I see. Listen to this part. I know what I see with my eyes. I recognize the hardship of God's people. But does that apply to us today? I, I, I know what I see in this world. I know lots of things that all of us are going through as God's people. But, and then he writes Lamentations 3, starting in verse 26, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have what? I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jeremiah was like that child waiting for Friday's ice cream. Didn't matter what else was going to go through the week. God made a promise, and great was his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness to you. 
And you see, well, the other thing I want you to remember this year is that God makes everything new. I thought about calling this, and I'll tell you why I put the title on it in a minute, but I thought about calling this the power of new promises. But are these promises really new? 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, For all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. You see, what I want you to really realize this morning is this. It is with Jesus that we have these promises. He's the one that makes them new, but without Jesus, and if you're sitting here this morning without Jesus, you don't have any of these promises. For example, 1 Peter 2 and 24, Jesus himself bore our sins on his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. The promise is that we, you and I, sitting here today, can die to our sins. You and I sitting here today can live for righteousness. Why? Well, because we're really nice people. No. The promise in that verse is because he, Jesus, bore our sins. And by his wounds we have been healed. Ephesians chapter 1, starting verse 13, And Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. What's the promise? Is that you and I have a guarantee of salvation. Talked about that in class. Why? Because we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. How do we get that Holy Spirit? Well, it's because we believed in Jesus. Without Jesus, you cannot have that Holy Spirit. Without Jesus, you cannot have the guarantee of heaven. Acts chapter 2, starting verse 38, says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, there's that word again, promise, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. The promise is what? That when we repent and are baptized... We have the promise of forgiveness in the Holy Spirit. How do we get that? By repenting and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing about promises this morning. When you go to work, I'm trying to think how I want to explain this. A lot of promises made, we, we, we depend on things that we do. We go to work with a promise that we'll receive what? Paycheck, right? At least I do. Jonathan, you work for free? Sometimes, sometimes. Okay, all right. You go to work, why? Because the promise is you'll receive a paycheck. <clears throat> you ever buy a computer, or a refrigerator, or a stove, or like me last week, a dishwasher? Siding purchases. What do you get with them? Well, typically some kind of guarantee. But those promises, that guarantee is what for something that you paid for. Agreed? You paid for the dishwasher, it comes with a guarantee. Those promises, something you paid for, either by your labor, either by your money, you deserve them, they are owed to you. And if you don't get what you paid for, you can go to court and you can demand what you deserve. But what we've got to realize today is those promises are nothing like the promises of God. You did not deserve God's promises. You did not earn a guarantee from God. God offered us all of these promises because he loves us. Because he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only 
begotten Son. His promise of salvation was based upon what? His promise of salvation was based upon his love. And once you've been saved, believe, repent, be baptized. Those promises are given to you. Why? Those promises are given to you because you are his child. Something else we covered in class today. Sunday school teacher told of teaching. The best stories that you can get come from little kids. You agree with that? Things they say, things they do. Sunday school teacher was telling a story about they were talking about the Lord's Prayer, and she heard one little girl off in the corner praying, and she said, Our Father who art in heaven, how'd you know my name? You ever think about that? How does God know your name? He knows it. Because he loves you. And that's why he offers you his promises. What do I want to remember in 2023? I thought I'd share some things I want to remember. Maybe you might want to remember them too. The number one thing I remember in, in, in uh, uh, 2023 is that sin is still sin. Agree? Sin is still sin. There's an old pristine proverb that can roughly be translated into things we've, we've heard. It says, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. In other words, you can be creative. You can call it many things. Our world can come up with a lot of new terminology. But if the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. So the one thing that I want to remember is sin is still sin. The second thing that I want to remember in 2023 is that um, hell is still hot. Agree with that? Now see, that's a negative message. Nobody in our society wants to hear that day because it makes them feel bad. It, it can even bring on some guilt, but, but guilt's not always a bad thing if it brings you to repentance. Amen? Hell is still hot. That hasn't changed. I want to remember that. Why? Because I'm headed for heaven. But the big thing that I want to remember in 2023, is that God is faithful. And you see, I want you to remember that too, that whatever we face as a church family, whatever we face together, God's in the middle of us. He promised. He's promised. If you're his child. So if you're sitting here today, and you're not yet a child of God, but it's something that you've been thinking about. You've been contemplating. You've thought about his message. But if you're sitting here today and you're not a child of God, why not start the new year off in the best way possible? Teresa posted this thing on, on, on Facebook one time. Uh, it might have been last year, but she repeated again that at midnight, you lift your left leg, your left foot. That way you start off the year on the right foot. Get it? It's funnier online, I guess. I don't know. Don't you want to start this year off on the right foot? Don't you want to be a child of God and accept all his promises? You see, I think sometimes in our invitation, we need to beg and plead a little bit. Because if we know that there are people sitting here among us that we love, that we adore, that, 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 that we want to you know, spend our lives with, and we want them to be part of our church family. It's time for us to beg and plead and say, now's the day of salvation. Let's start this year off on the right foot. If you're thinking about it, man, just do it. And you'll never be the same again because you now possess every 
promise that God has made. If you need the prayers or the assistance of the church this morning, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Our elders are going to be up front and in the back to pray with you, to help you. If you start to leave here after everything's done, you say, man, I wish I'd talked to him. Just come back in. They're going to be up here. They're going to be in the back. We're going to talk. If you're here and you've never been baptized, there's water right here ready. You can leave, and we all can leave together rejoicing. Maybe you have unrepentant sin of your life, and you just want people to pray with you. Today's the day. Let's start this year off together, shall we? Rejoicing in the promises of God. If you're here and you need the assistance prayers of the church for any reason, please let us know as together we stand and together we sing.